coffee in the morning. This is good stuff. Good stuff. Hello there. This is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Before we begin today, I wanted to just see if you have become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member yet. If you haven't, you're missing out. There's a lot of awesome content in there, some behind the scenes, not behind the scenes, what am I talking about? Some exclusive content for club members. Um, I've only put one thing back there, um, but I, I plan to put some more stuff. But I know that uh, the guys across politics put stuff back there all the time, and it's really, really good stuff, very helpful uh, for Christian living <clears throat> and all of that. But the best part about being a Fight, Laugh, Feast club member is that you get to fight back against the machine. That's right. That's right. We Listen, the reality is that Facebook algorithms and YouTube and all these different algorithms, they like to claim that they're impartial, but they're not impartial. They just define impartiality in a way that is very partial. And so if you uh, enjoy this content, you want to get seen by more people, you want to support it, you want to see more of it, join us in this fight. We laugh, we feast, we do all that kind of stuff. Please support, consider supporting us, and we uh, promise we will continue to pump out the content, and we will seek to expand uh, this platform as much as possible to reach as many people as possible with the unique perspectives that we offer. So please consider joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club membership. Another thing you get is discounts on merchandise. I gotta get some of that merchandise. I think I gotta, I gotta start repping uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast Club. Yeah, I'm gonna, I think I might do that. Yeah, I might do that. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Obviously, if you listen and share, that helps us out a great deal as well. I appreciate it. Um, thank you again for, for listening to the AD show on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club. Hold on a second. Ah, it's one of those nice uh, fall days where a good warm cup of coffee is just exactly what you need. You know, I drink coffee in the summer too, but it's just not quite as good as it is in the fall. Anyway, let's get started today. I, I had a couple ideas of a little bit of uh, things I could say before the main topic today. And then I, as I wrote them out, I realized they're kind of all connected. Today, I have three hot takes that are going to surprise you. Three hot takes that are going to surprise you a little bit. Two of them, well, yeah, I'd say two of them are real. One of them is fake. I'll let you decide which is which. Uh, you'll probably easily be able to figure out which is which. But we're going to start today with something I saw a lot of people sharing recently. It was a couple of tweets from uh, from Matt Walsh, the, uh, the Catholic uh, social and political commentator. Two tweets that this person was saying were contradictory. And I'm going to have, I have a hot take on this as well. Basically what the tweet said was something about how McDonald's nuggets are, are, are I'm sorry, chicken nuggets, you know, different places have chicken nuggets. The best chicken nuggets were Chick-fil-A. The second best chicken nuggets were Wendy's. The third best chicken nuggets were McDonald's. The fourth best were grocery store chicken nuggets. And then... Fifth best were like uh, something else. And then the last place chicken nuggets were Burger King. So that was his rankings. Now you might think, oh, that's not controversial. Look, everyone has their own opinion. But here's the controversial part. Someone saw that less than a year later, he tweeted that McDonald's chicken nuggets were better than Chick-fil-A. That seems to be a contradiction. It kind of seems like he's making it up as he goes along. And someone was saying that this is an example of just someone just saying whatever comes to his mind, doesn't have any principles, blah, blah, blah. But I got to tell you right now, I completely approve of this tweet. 
Because here's the thing, guys. You got to understand, Matt Walsh did nothing wrong. Matt Walsh did nothing wrong. If you asked me on one day what the best chicken nuggets are, my answer might be different on that day than any other day. Because here's the reality. You got to understand, especially when we're talking about fast food, guys. We're talking about different categories of food. Look, Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and McDonald's chicken nuggets, in my opinion, they're in different categories. They're not even the same food, really. It's like someone saying, well, what's, who has the best burger, McDonald's or Applebee's? It's like, those are two different categories. You, nobody says, hey, man, I really want a burger, and they want to go to McDonald's. No, McDonald's is its own thing. It's its own kind of thing. Yes, technically it's called a burger, but listen, you can't tell me that a McDonald's burger is in the same category as like an Applebee's burger or a burger you make at home. They're completely different foods. This is the reality. McDonald's is great in its own way, but when you really want a burger burger, you got to go to a place that actually makes a real burger. McDonald's doesn't make like real burger burgers. I'm not dissing McDonald's. McDonald's is great, but it's not a burger. I, sometimes I think, is, is it a slider? Is a McDonald's burger a slider? I don't think it's even that. It's its own category. And so Matt Walsh was tweeting on one day he really had a hankering for some real chicken. And so clearly Chick-fil-A nuggets are the best in that category. But when it comes to pressed, preformed, you know, kind of fake chicken, it's great too. Look, McDonald's nuggets are fantastic. I love McDonald's nuggets. But it's not real chicken. Let's just be honest about that. So sometimes you feel like that. Sometimes you feel like some real chicken. I totally approve of this tweet. Matt Walsh did nothing wrong. Now, that's my first unusual hot take that you might not um, agree with. <laughs> Here's my second. I saw a lot of people bemoaning this... Uh, this um, this, this tweet yesterday from Union Seminary. Union Seminary, and here it is right here. If you're watching me on video, you can see my screen here. Um, they had a, a chapel service, and they have a bunch, of, a bunch of plants in the middle, some dirt, and it says, Today in chapel we confessed to plants. Today together we held our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow in prayer, offering them to the beings who sustain us, but whose gift we often to fail to honor. What do you confess to the plants in your life? And people were freaking out about this. And I think in some ways, rightfully so. Let's just be honest. Like, this is kind of crazy, right? Uh, <laughs> confessing to plants. Uh, what, what could you possibly confess to plants? But I think that there's a little 4D chess going on here. And so I don't condemn this completely. In fact, there's in some ways, I support it. Yeah, how's that for a hot take? I support it. Because you may not know this, but there is a video game. <laughs> There's a video game that had a very deep impact on my life when I was a kid. It was called Final Fantasy VII. And Final Fantasy VII, by many, is regarded as the best RPG video game ever created. And it is epic. It's a huge story. It is amazing. And there is a scene with one of the main characters in this movie, or I'm sorry, this video game, where there's a garden inside of a church. Let me see if I can find the picture here. Oh, there's a lot of like kind of suspicious pictures here. Here it is, right here. Here it is. You fall down into this church. You can see this is in a church, and this is the character Aerith, and she's growing a garden in the church. And it's not, I don't think she's praying to this. Maybe she is, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But this video game is, is highly, highly regarded by people. People love this video game, and rightfully so. It's a great game. It's a great story. And actually, this main character, Aerith, dies 
in the first after the or at the end of the first act of this game, and it is so emotional. I'm not gonna lie. I was a teenager. I I had emotions for this. I never experienced a story like that before. Even Star Wars didn't affect me this way. But anyway, I think that Union, this game is getting remade. They're remaking this game in today's technology. This you can see, this is a little bit old school graphics and stuff. And I think Union Seminary was just given a hat tip to Final Fantasy VII, the remake. And so, yes, the confession to plants and that kind of thing, a little bit, a little bit wonky, but at the same time, I support the hat tip to Final Fantasy VII because Final Fantasy VII is a fantastic game and you know are you gonna play the the, the remake i don't know if i'm gonna play the remake I, I think that some things don't need to be remade you know final fantasy 7 was a masterpiece why remake a masterpiece anyway so that's my second hot take that you might not agree with <laughs> remember i'm just giving up the game here but remember two of these are real beliefs of mine one of them is not <laughs> i'll let you decide which one is not oh here's the scene where Ares dies. This is, this is so sad. It was so sad. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Look, look this is when he. Get, oh man, Sephiroth. Sephiroth just just sliced her. Oh, that was awful. That was awful. All right. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. So, the Democrats had a debate. Uh, I don't know, a week ago or something like that. The Democratic presidential candidates, and I did not watch it. I don't have the time to watch stuff like this. I'll leave that to the cross-politic guys. They can spend their life watching these people talk about nonsense. I don't have the time for it. I haven't watched a presidential debate in a long, long time. Let's just say it that way. Um, <laughs> and if you watch them, I, I don't care. It can be a source of comedy, no question about it. But anyway, I, I mean, I'd rather just twiddle my thumbs, but whatever. Um, and so I, I didn't see this happen, but I did see a lot of people tweet about it from Joe Biden. And so here, let me just read this. This is from uh, Fox News Channel. And it says, Former Vice President Joe Biden drew instant ridicule for making a stunning argument during Thursday night's debate that nonviolent criminals should not be jailed on assertion, an assertion his campaign later had to walk back. Biden claimed, here, here's, here's, here's what this says. It says, the apparent gaffe happened during a heated discussion about criminal justice reform. Biden claimed that too many individuals are in prison and the system requires change. Then he made a bold proclamation, quote, nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime, Biden said. And people were, I saw, I was on Twitter, you know, right around the time when this, this was said, everyone was talking about this. Oh, what an idiot. How crazy could this guy be? Now, there is a little bit of conflation here because, you know, you may know this. Some people don't know this. Jail and prison are different things. Prison is is where you get sentenced to for longer term, you know, some more serious crimes. Jail is a place where you're held before trial. You can be sentenced to jail too, but but uh, anyway, uh, so jail and prison are different. They're, they're, they're similar, of course. But it seems here like, like Biden's talking about, about both, really. So just any place where you get locked up is, is what it seems like. And people were freaking out. Nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime, Biden said. People were saying how stupid this is. Um, but let me just say this. I support it. I'm in agreement. Joe Biden said nothing wrong. Now, later, Joe Biden's campaign walked this back. They didn't actually mean this. This was just a, a mis, 
misspeak, I guess. I don't I don't know. I don't know how you could misspeak that. <laughs> Miss misspeak? Misspoke? I don't know how you could do that, but 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 he's saying he did or whatever. But actually I agree with him. I think that nonviolent criminals shouldn't be in jail or prison or any of that stuff. I actually agree with him. Because let, let, let's 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 step take a step back here, right? How do we know what is the moral thing to do? How do we know what the right penalties for the right crimes are? How do we know this? Because different people have different conceptions of that. You know what I mean? You have to look no further into the people that complain about uh, the penalties for rape in this country. People will often say, "Well, rapists just get a slap on the hand," and so that's okay. That's a nice opinion. For, for if you think rapists just get a slap on the hand and they don't have enough of a penalty, that's a nice opinion. But where do you ground it? I happen to agree with that opinion. But where do you ground it? Is it just because your feminist feminism professor told you so? Well, if that's your only, if that's all you got, then you know you can't blame people for not uh, believing you or agreeing with you because feminist pr- feminism professors are a little bit crazy. It, uh, you know, people in people in, in in some Arab countries think that if you steal, the correct penalty is that you get maimed, right? You get your hand chopped off. You might think that's too extreme. Well, is it just your opinion, or because you, you can't blame those people in Saudi Arabia or whatever? I'm not saying they do this in Saudi Arabia. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But you can't blame those people for doing that because you know it's just your opinion. They they disagree with you. They think stealing is a more serious crime. You, what's your standard, right? How do you know whether nonviolent criminals should be sentenced to jail or not? Because again, I'm telling you, I agree with Joe Biden. Joe Biden said nothing wrong. Joe Biden said nothing wrong. Listen, you may never hear me say this again, so let me say it a third time. Joe Biden did nothing wrong. So here's the thing, guys. Look at the Bible and look at the penalties of different crimes. The Bible talks about the death penalty for murderers. And so clearly, I think that a murderer, when convicted on the evidence of two or more witnesses, should be executed. The Bible talks about the penalties that exist for other crimes, you know, like 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 stealing, like things like that. Um you know, abortion is, is murder, so it talks about the penalties for that. Um, rape, you know, what's the penalty for rape? Well, you, your feminism professor might think it needs to be more than it is, but what should it be? What 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 is the correct moral thing to do when somebody is convicted of rape? And see, the Bible talks about this. This is not something that the Bible is silent about. The Bible says that the correct penalty is execution. Yes, rapists should be executed for their crime when they are convicted. That is the correct penalty. Kidnapping. What should be the penalty for kidnapping, right? Should they get a 20-year jail sentence or a 30-year jail sentence? Should they get a 10-year jail sentence or should they get a $10 fine? How do you know? See, you might think, oh, that's ridiculous, Adam. That's ridiculous. $10 fine? Well, I mean, who's to say? Is it just your opinion? Well, I, I, I I don't go with just my opinion. I go with what God says, right? And a kidnapper should be executed if they are caught. You see what I'm saying? So so the Bible needs to be our standard for this kind of thing. And often it's not going to be a one-to-one, you know, kind of transition. You'll have to interpret it and apply it. But the Bible, God sets what, what justice is and what it isn't. And the reality is that there are a lot of people sitting in jail and prison right now for nonviolent crimes that, you know, shouldn't be. And, and, and let's just be honest. Let me say something very clear. If you look at the Bible and the penalties that are given for different crimes, there is no prison sentence in the Bible. 
Jail is a different thing. Like if you're being held for your trial, like that makes sense. That's almost kind of a necessity. You know, you got a violent criminal, you get someone that that, that might run and stuff like that. Jail might make sense in certain situations, but prison sentences, there are no prison sentences in God's law. Do you know where there are prisons in the Bible? Do you know where there are prisons in the Bible? There are prisons in the Bible. It's with pagan nations. And it's and it's presented in the Bible as oftentimes a very unjust kind of a situation. You're thrown in prison because the king just throws you there. And you're just rotting away in there. Like the Romans had prisons and stuff like that. That's not from God's law. That's from other laws. Other laws. Like I know this is a shock to the system for most of you, but there are no prison sentences in God's law. What is there instead? What is there instead? Because what do we do with someone who steals I don't know, hundred thousand dollars from their business, from their from their employer. Or what do we do with someone who steals your car? Or what do we do with someone who steals your television set? Like, what do we do? Well, the Bible says that they got to pay it back and then some. And then you know, so if they have the money, they give it back, and they give back more than what they took. And the idea is to de-incentivize stealing because it won't. If you get caught, it won't pay. It won't pay. Now, what if they don't have the money, right? Well, guys, this is the thing. Like, you're going to have to come to terms with this. Prison sentences are not found in the Bible. But if you cannot pay for what you owe, you know, you stole from someone, you can't pay, you have to work for them. You're forced to work for them. You become a servant. You become a slave for that person. You see, we think that slavery is like the ultimate barbarism, but it is not the ultimate barbarism. That is our own idea. We didn't get that from the Bible. You cannot read the Bible and come away with the idea that God says you shall not enslave. That's something that Russell Moore said once. You, you, the Bible says, teaches you shall not enslave. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It absolutely does not. In fact, it commands slavery in certain circumstances. For example, if you steal and you cannot pay back, you must work that debt off. You must work that debt off until you pay it back. You see, we think, oh, that sounds barbaric. That sounds barbaric. You don't know what barbarism sounds like. Look, let me make a, let me make, let me give it a shout out here for a second. Let me give a shout out here. One of the things that I do, one of the things that I, I, I like to watch on YouTube is uh, there's a few different channels that are, that are people that used to be in prison and now they, you know, they have a channel talking about their experiences in prison. And some of them are funny. Some of them are just totally serious. Some of them are a combination. But there's one guy that I really, really like. And he's a professing Christian. His content is, look, it's not clean. And because prison's not clean. You know what I mean? Like, like his content, he tries to be as real as possible. And, you know, he, listen, if you want to subscribe to him, he's got some pretty good um, he got he has some pretty good content here. I, I wouldn't watch it around kids, but anyway, it, it's a YouTube channel called Lockdown Twenty Three and One. There's a guy named Josh who was in prison uh, for eight years, and he talks about prison. And and look, all the channels that you go to that talk about prison, they will always tell you prison is hell on earth. Prison is hell on earth. God does not condone prison sentences because men should not be locked up like beasts and, and, and forced to be idle and forced to do nothing except to twiddle their thumbs and, and, uh, and, and mess around with each other. And, and you can take that you know, in more than one way. 
and and all this stuff and just and just just it's just it's just you just listen to a few of these stories and this is no place for a person and so if you're a violent criminal you you know you're you're accused of murder rape whatever it is god's penalty for you is execution you you forfeit your life for that kind of stuff if you're a, if you're a thief or something like that pay it back because see that makes more sense right like 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 if you steal from someone pay it back and if you can't pay it back work for them and you see while you're working you start you start to realize man why don't I just work for my money instead of stealing it? Then I work for myself, build my own wealth instead of building somebody else's wealth. Why don't I just do that? I'm already working. Why not just do it for myself? And not only that, but you get to know the person you stole from, man, and then you, you get to you get to respect each other a little bit. It might not always happen, but at least there's this, there's a, there's a relationship there, right? There's a relationship there, and it restores you. What is what does a prison sentence do? It doesn't do anything. People say they paid my debt to society. How? By sitting in a cell. By sitting in a cell and, and trying to figure out how to get contraband in, in and 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 how to get your your pleasures and your jollies while you're just sitting there for years, how does that pay your debt to society? It doesn't. It doesn't. That's why God doesn't command that kind of stuff. God doesn't command things that don't make sense. God is smart. God is smart. And so. Listen, watch some of these prison shows. Lockdown 23-1. This guy's funny. He's a funny dude. He's a funny dude. He strikes me as a as a, as a newish Christian, so he's not going to be, you know, theologically like, you know, he doesn't give you theology. This is about prison. It's about prison. But you want to know what prison's like and why it's way more barbaric than indentured servanthood would be. Way more. Check it out. I recommend it. I recommend it. You know... This is the thing, guys. We we need to we need to be committed, one hundred percent sold out to saying God's way is better than my way. God's ideas are better than my ideas. Prison is man's idea. Prison is man's idea. Oh, I got a good idea. This is this is how we'll get people to stop doing crimes. We'll put them in a cell, all together, make them shower together. Tell them that, that that their favorite drugs are banned. They can't do anything. They just sit there, play cards and all that. That's a good idea. That'll pay their debt to society. See, that's a stupid idea. That's a stupid idea. And just talk to the people that that have done that, and and and, and ask them about it. Ask them if that's a good idea. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. God's idea is better. You see, we think that God's ideas are barbaric because we're sinners. Because we rebel against God, so when God says that that uh, that that slavery is not the ultimate sin, like having a slave is not the ultimate sin that that prevents you from going to heaven, see, we think we're better than God, and so we question the salvation of George Whitfield. Are you are you serious? How dare you? Because you're putting yourself over God. See, God didn't ban certain things that you want to ban. That's pharisaical, and that's evil. Repent. See, we need to be committed to thinking God's ways are better than my ways. So whatever my stupid brain cooks up and makes it seem like, oh, this is more humane than what God says. Prisons are more humane than indentured servanthood. That's not a conversation I'd like to have with God. I'll tell you that right now. See, the Bible, we need to believe the Bible in every area, guys. Even the areas where it makes us feel icky. Because chances are, if we're feeling icky about what God commands problem is with us and not him anyway those are my three hot takes that you might not have expected from me remember two of them are real and one of them is not this is probably a very easy game to play 
But go ahead and guess which one is the one that is not. <laughs> I hope that you found this helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you.